Star Hill. Welcome to my intermittent and very, very informal podcast, And I Make. Today I am here with Crystal Bicek. Would you like to introduce yourself, Crystal? Hi, I'm Crystal, and I make digital art. And, like, you make some shit-hot digital art, must I, I must say. <laughs> Let's just say that right out the bat. Oh, thank you. You're sweet. I'm also going to add for the benefit of people listening to this that um crystal and i are both working on artwork independently right now so um, you might hear art while we make a podcast about art yeah it doesn't get more meta than that but you might hear like digital clicking noises it is because (laughs) we're both arting as we speak this is like a like a real intimate artist round table we're having (laughs) but like a digital round table yeah so it's uh a non-geometrically defined shaped table because it's virtual. <laughs> also, I hate drawing geometry. Hate. Oh, why? I don't I just can't I don't like drawing straight lines. I don't like drawing things that have to look very like, you know, perfectly shaped like How do I you... like drawing squiggles and going crazy and That's just fair. messy, sloppy. That's what I like to do. <laughs> I I think of it as like um, if you choose not to draw like a straight line with like a ruler or any of like guidance tools or something um, and you can say, oh, like it's like that because it's a stylistic choice. Right. (laughs) That's how my art looks. Yeah. You can get away with a lot by saying that. That's how I feel. I like my stylistic choice is messy, sloppy lines. I See, I just don't think that messy and sloppy are the words to describe your line work. <laughs> but, you know, potato, potato. <laughs> but no one on earth says potato. Absolutely no one says potato. I don't understand that. Potato. I've never heard anyone say potato. No. Um, so today uh, we had a, a think about what to discuss Um, because we both do art, you do a lot of art, Crystal, Um, majority, we were kind of saying about your very sort of spooky style and lots of like cool shadows and shading and thing, and that has been seen in a variety of different pieces, but we thought about today talking about generally uh, motivations to draw and how to kind of keep learning and keep on going when it's difficult yeah um and it's always gonna be difficult for anyone but drawing's fucking hard yeah i mean like nobody comes out of the womb knowing how to draw no or just being an artist creating anything's hard finding the motivation is hard doing it's hard learning like it is all it's not easy and it's like self-fulfilling when things are going well and it is self-defeating when things are not going well right yeah it's very rewarding but can also I mean that's why we do it right it feels rewarding when you do something that you're proud of yeah and I think uh it's also like I don't know about you sometimes hard to feel openly proud of stuff because there's a, a culture of um not bragging about work or not right being um conceited or you know like being humble and all of that and i think that absolutely is valid um Mm -hmm. but also the danger with that is that uh, particularly at points where in order to 
keep growing and developing, you need to be able to feel proud of how something looks and absolutely see your own growth. I think it's fine. Yeah, there's a fine line to being proud, but not like cocky or arrogant. Yeah. There's also a fine line between being proud and um, like, it's okay to like your work. And it's okay to be proud of even small victories in your work. You might, I don't ever think something I do is perfect. And it absolutely never turns out exactly the way I thought it would. But there's always a little something I think that I can be proud of in what I do. I mean, Even I if it's just so, one yeah. little part, one little line. Like, oh, I'm proud of that hand I drew or that eyeball I drew. It looks really good. I guess that's what development is, isn't it? It's like every yeah. time you do a drawing, there's a thing that you like because you think you did it a little bit better than the last time. Yeah. Um, and I think if you make note of those milestones when you reach them, you can see yourself start to, to develop and grow. And then that, um, that battle with making sure you stay motivated because you can see that you are getting somewhere with it is a little bit easier. Yeah. So we were talking sure. very briefly earlier about um, the frustrations of the stages of learning to draw stuff. <laughs> Do you want to yeah. give a little bit of background about how you started drawing and what kind of stuff you started with and, and what your approach was to developing what is now a very distinctive style for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, I started drawing when I was a little kid. I feel like I've always been drawing, but it's changed drastically many times in my life, how I draw and what I draw. Like I started with drawing animals like most kids do. And then I think I started drawing people when I started liking Sailor Moon. So I started drawing like an anime style, drawing, you know, emulating that. And then I got into comic books and then I started emulating comic book kind of American style drawings. And just, at some point it took a turn into this kind of spooky, shadowy, Halloweeny look that I feel like I'm finally... I feel like now, like I'm 32 and I feel like just now after all these years of drawing, I found what I think is what I'm really happy with, comfortable with. This is my, probably my final form, my final evolution. <laughs> <laughs> ultimate crystal. Yeah, this is the ultimate crystal. I feel like this is where I'm happy with. I like being where I am right now with my art. And I think I just want to continue down this path. I think I'm finally happy with this path that I'm on, but I was on many paths that I was never quite comfortable on or happy with drawing. And that kind of makes for each piece that you do when you're trying to work with something that you're not comfortable with is like just that little bit harder to do. Mm -hmm. um, did you have a kind of patch of trying to push through some really like unmotivated periods of artwork uh, where you were trying to draw something that you wanted to be able to draw, but you just weren't enjoying it or it wasn't like feeling natural, wasn't happening. Yeah, I think so. I, and I think I still do, even though I'm at this place where I am happy with my style, I think I still get frustrated and just can't pull off something that I'm envis envisioning. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a word. laughs> it took me a while I got there. Um, but yeah, I think I spent a long time on that anime style 
And it just, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't clicking with me. It wasn't quite what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted, but that wasn't it. I just didn't know what else to do. And then I just found other artists that I liked and I started emulating them more. I think that we kind of talked about this briefly already, but I think you learn by copying in a way. You, you see an art that you like, you see a style you like, and you try and emulate that. And naturally it will grow, it will kind of take on its own shape because you're never going to perfectly copy something that someone else does. But I think you can I, take sorry, elements I, and kind of turn it into your own style. I think I heard um, or read, I can't remember where, it's the internet, it's hard to tell after a while, isn't it? <laughs> um, like I read an article, it means you saw a tweet or watched a right. video, a video with the subtitles on or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember reading or hearing somewhere something along the lines of how as artists we learn our own style by effectively trying out other people's and then right. keeping the bits we like and then ditching the bits that we don't and right. that when you do that enough times with enough different things you've got that unique com com um com combination god we're doing well we're doing so well we've got that unique combination of all of these component parts that are specific to your own preferences and what you find comfortable or what you just like the look of and sometimes even just what you what you find that you can do quite well I don't know about you but sometimes I find there's some stuff which for no reason at all I can draw quite well like I can draw that thing well it's not that I specifically enjoy drawing it that way I draw it that way and it looks all right so you just keep doing it that way because it looks all right Yes, totally. That perfectly says what I was kind of feeling and thinking. Yes, exactly. You you see something you like and you turn that into your own. You take the bits that you can do and you turn it into your own thing. I will never claim to be original. I don't think what I do is original looking or that I'm filled with this new, like that I have this new style that's never been seen before. I certainly don't. I would never say that. I, I don't know what artists could say that. Maybe like Leonardo da Vinci or (laughs) some of the early ones. (laughs) The first caveman. Yeah. A buffalo on a wall. (laughs) I mean, God, is crazy. Like when you look at some of those pictures and you you go to like museum exhibits that show side by side the evolution of of art in that format. Like this is what it started with. It's just a bunch of smudges on the wall. Um, And there's a, a rationale that's gone into why are we putting these pictures on the wall? And it's all about that storytelling thing, right? And that's like the whole evolution of art from its very first instance. I'm paraphrasing horribly and I apologise to anybody who's studied this properly because um, (laughs) I'm probably having a little fit listening to me sort of brutalise art history in the space (laughs) of five words. But Listen, not professionals. No. But you just sort of wonder what's going through, what was going through their heads when they were looking at, whatever creatures they were drawing, whether it's horses or, was it buffalo or bison or? Bison, who knows? One of those grazing beasts. Um, And like, they think I'm going to draw that. What does it look like? And to their mind, it's like, well, it's got a big body and it's got legs. Right. And that's it. That's it. That is the first truly unaffected creative um, artist sort of stance. Right. Because everyone other than that is thinking about how other people have drawn things. Right. Yeah. You you draw what you find appealing or 
attractive or what just stands out the most to you. But if you like look at just early, very early, yeah, drawings or statues of, of people, even they're they're weird looking. Like they don't. Oh yeah look quite right by today's standards but you know they were creating what was important to them back then which was fertility and whatever (laughs) you're right art historians are just rolling right now (laughs) okay let's talk about something that we we know better than this yeah yeah i think that's probably we're we're tapping into some really interesting subjects that we're not qualified to talk about (laughs) yeah yeah um but yes, I think we we know what we're saying here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everybody yeah. understands. God, I hope they do. Um, I think yeah. I'll say one more thing on this. Someone asked me one time, like, why I drew a certain character with lots of lines in their face. Like, I just drew them quite liney. I don't know, like, not wrinkly, not. But I don't know. I just put a lot of lines. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like quite, details. But it made them look older and a little gruffer and and they asked me why I did that and I was like, well, I don't know, I just I find it more attractive. I'm drawing what I find attractive. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Draw what you find appealing. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're drawing for yourself, even though you're posting it on the internet or whatever for other people. You gotta draw what makes you happy and what you feel good about. Yeah. I think I've said that to people who asked me before, like, if they are struggling with the motivation to draw because they're trying things and it's not working and they're not achieving something that they're setting out to achieve Mm -hmm. I'm like well draw something you know you can draw and they're like yeah but that's that's like a cheap shot it's like playing a game that you know you'll win right but sometimes you play it because the game is fun and it sucks to lose (laughs) you want to win um and that is actually okay and I think in art it's really important to make sure that you can keep going with it because you are still feeling good about it because feeling good about it, especially when you're getting started, but I think just ever after really feeling good about it is actually an essential component. Yes. If you're miserable drawing, then you need to stop. Yeah. Like if you're consistently miserable, you're always going to have a time where you're like, ah, this isn't working out. It's not looking like I want it to. Yeah. There'll always be that, that drawing that you, wish you hadn't bothered or um and like if you're drawing professionally there will always be those drawings that you think oh I'm not enjoying this one but you, mm-hmm. just, you just gotta power through it um yeah. I used to physically not be able to draw if I wasn't feeling it like same yeah yeah for sure and uh, a friend of mine um uh, another arty friend um I uh, he's prolific um with his art and he just churns it out and it's it's fucking great um and I asked him once about how he just he he I watched him kind of progress and get like it was really interesting watching him progress and grow as an artist in a really short space of time and I asked him kind of how he was doing that and it was because he was drawing every single day um Mm -hmm. and he was like I draw something every day I draw this and I just push myself and I was like what do you do for the days when you're just not feeling it because at the time particularly I was like I can't Mm -hmm. I physically cannot draw it won't happen if I'm not really like in the mood for it effectively um and he was like well you just got to push through that and what you draw that day will suck but you'll have done it anyway right and eventually it'll Mm -hmm. stop sucking on the days that you're not into it yeah yeah there's totally value in that I think 
that's why Inktober is such a good thing for artists, especially if you're learning. Yeah. And I said to you earlier, I think Inktober 2017, which is when I did the whole Winona Earp, I did the whole month Winona Earp themed, and I came out with all these kind of spooky, monstery drawings. That was really where I solidified this look that I have now. So it happened super recently. That was only two years ago that I kind of started drawing in this way that I'm now known for. Your brand. Yeah, my brand like just started. It may seem like I've been doing it like this forever, but I haven't. It really, that's where it really solidified for me and clicked. And I went, oh, this is what I really enjoy. This is what I'm going to keep doing. And that was, a, if someone doesn't know, Inktober is just a challenge where you draw a picture every day for the month of October. So that was 31 days in a row that I just drew something. And there were days where I was like, I don't have an idea. I'm not motivated. I'm tired. I've done this, you know, especially when you're on day 15, you're like, God, I'm just, I'm tired. Yeah. But I just did it anyways. I pushed through. Sometimes I had an idea that was grander than I could really pull off in a day, but I was like, well, I'm just going to do it to the best of my ability in the time that I have. The challenge is to do a drawing every day. So I'm just going to, if it doesn't look quite how I wanted it to at the end of the day, I, I just have to be happy with what I did. That is part of the challenge. I know some people, have, I've seen like on social media, I've unfollowed people for it, Um people who think of Inktober as being something that is exclusive to traditional artists, uh, so people yes. using non-digital means, uh, saying that they you have to use physical ink and you have to mm -hmm. just use that traditional medium, otherwise it doesn't count. And yeah. and effectively telling digital artists to get out of their Inktober, and it's like, well, you don't own it, and the idea of the movement is to create more art and to get people drawing mm -hmm. more. And so all of these unhealthy things where you are not really doing Inktober if you're doing it digitally or it doesn't count mm -hmm. if you it doesn't count if you color it in or something stupid like that uh, it's got to be just right. an ink drawing or anything any of those attitudes or even that it has to be the same sort of scale of picture every single day right. you know that you haven't done enough for it to count as an entry for Inktober um, right. is there like a really damaging way to approach it I think because I you can have days throughout that month and this is then applicable to any day of the year where you want to be drawing a thing because you're trying to get better but today is not the day that you're going to make that step forward but it's important that you just keep trying regardless so let yourself draw something you've already drawn let yourself mm -hmm. copy straight from a picture let yourself draw something really simple so that you know you yes. can achieve it uh, and you can you can say that you did and that you keep that momentum going and that you can allow yourself to feel good about it. It's the same as people arguing that you shouldn't use reference pictures or that reference pictures uh, are cheating because you're... Ooh, I have a lot to say about that. I think that's the stupidest <laughs> hot take I have ever heard in art, first of all. Yeah, um, I mean, feel free. Go for it. Then. Let's come back to that. I do want to say <laughs> one more thing on Inktober. I had a lot of people while I was doing it ask me like what the rules were. And my answer to that was always, you make the rules fit you for Inktober. I know, um, you know, I'm sure the person that started it, I don't know exactly who it is. I think it's this tattoo artist feller, but I apologize. I, I don't want to exactly say Jason something. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Jason, if that's your name. I don't know the history of it. Let's just call him Jason. And if, if his idea of it is, yeah, you, you draw with ink, the point is that it's, there's permanence to it and that you can't erase. That's fine. If he wants to do it that way, that is 
go for it. And I applaud him for having the talent to draw an ink. I do not have that talent. <laughs> I'm a digital artist and I rely on digital tools. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so anytime anyone asked me what the rules of Inktober were, I told them just make the rules fit you. Have fun with it. Whatever is going to be fun for you and make you feel like you achieved something and accomplished something, that's the rule for you. That's okay. that's what it is. Make it your yeah. whatever you I made it a digital drawing and every day, some days they were colored, some days they weren't, some days they had details, some days they didn't. I just, I just, what I wanted to accomplish with Inktober was I sat down at my desk, I drew something and I posted it online every single day. For what it's worth, I think actually the guy who uh, started Inktober has got a really healthy attitude towards it. I don't think he does have like a very elitist mentality. I oh, think the idea of it is to to get people to draw, right? Yeah. Um, it's as simple as that, um, and I think it's a good a good exercise for anybody looking to to draw and develop. And I think it's a good sort of template for talking about the rest of your artistic development. So what applies to Inktober applies to learning to draw and pushing through that sort of practice wall right. in general. Um, and there are tons of resources as well for artists in that same mindset with prompts for what to draw. So right. um, I was saying when we were chatting about this earlier, I historically have struggled always with finding a purpose of what mm -hmm. I'm drawing. Like I, I just can't draw a picture for no reason. Um, I have to have some sort of reason for it. So I would draw illustrations for stories that I was writing or I, I do comic books um but i can't just draw a picture mm -hmm. for for absolutely no reason at all just a picture for picture's sake i can't do it right so that yeah. prohibited an awful lot of the practice that i was able to do um while i was trying to grow and get better and develop as an artist so something like inktober which wasn't a thing when i was sort of getting started with things would have been super duper helpful for that um because yeah. it's that list of prompts and it's a reason to do it it's a challenge people work better when they have a deadline or a yeah like you're saying a reason to do something yeah and i think that there is also nothing wrong with needing a reason to do that like so for some people they draw because they they want to specifically create pretty pictures for me i want to draw because I want to tell stories. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I find it very hard to draw a picture that is just pretty to look pretty. Um, right. Huge admiration for people that can. You are, in fact, one of those people that can just draw a picture to look fucking good. And I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's so weird to me. Like, I just can't at all. But that's not what I'm looking to get out of. of uh, I'm in it for something different. Yeah. And in my case, I started a webcomic, which allowed me to... Um, grow and develop because I was drawing a comic strip every week and I gave myself the deadline of that and by releasing it into the the public eye and I think there was maybe like two people actually reading it and one of which was my sister um <laughs> so it's like in actual fact there was no audience but because there was an, an audience waiting I had right. to actually like deliver on it and make good on it uh -huh. and I would encourage anybody to who is also still growing and learning to share their stuff and re and release it which is like one of the scarier parts as well that people yeah, hate, hate it they don't want to do it but it's so important because once you put it out there it's out there and you can't change it and you can't tweak it you've got to just let it go mm -hmm. let it be out there let people look at it 
and then you look at it as well from their point of view to some extent and sometimes people are shit and they're not nice about it and mm-hmm. you've got to sort of balance being thick-skinned for that against taking critique which is sometimes really useful and a lot of the time when you put something out there people are a lot nicer about it than you are to yourself I think overwhelmingly that's true you're gonna have a thousand people say something good before that one person says something negative yeah and you know it it is a sad just thing about the internet there's always gonna be that person that says something negative but don't think about that person yeah Especially, I think a lot of people start out drawing fan art. If you're putting fan art into the world, people love fan art. There's a reason why fan art is so popular and that people sell it at conventions. You're bringing so much joy to people that love a show or whatever that can't create these things for themselves. So if you put out a Winona Earp fan art, maybe you at first were like, this isn't good, this isn't quite what I wanted, but you put it out there and there's a fan of Winona Earp that's going to be like, yes, this is what I needed. I, I'm so happy to see this because Winona Earp's not on right now and this is filling a, a void seeing this fan art for me. So yeah, you just got to let it, put your stuff out there and let it go. Like you said, just let it be free. Art is very iterative, and um, I think that's just like your whole artistic uh, journey is iterative, not that in an individual piece is iterative. You will take the perfect version of something to your grave with you. Mm -hmm. You know, like just do the thing and then release the thing. And then then do the next thing because it's the the next thing will be better than the thing you just did. Yes, yes, yes. That's so important. But it's fucking Don't scary. Don't expect everything you do to be your your Mona Lisa. You just got to grow. And I think letting it go, you said it perfectly, like letting it go is maybe one of the hardest lessons to learn, but I think kind of the most important. And that was another thing that was great about Inktober. Mm. At 10 p.m., that day, if I wasn't happy with the drawing, oh well, I gotta go to bed and the point of October is to do this drawing today. So I'm done it, I'm posting it, and I just have to move on. And you might be a little unhappy with it that night, but you're gonna wake up the next day and be like, okay, I gotta do the next thing, just move on. Yeah, I think being less precious about about it, um, there will be, you know, in due course, the masterpieces will come along, as you say. But being less precious, for sure, is hugely valuable. Yeah. And I think when you put something out there and you see the joy that it brings other people, you'll kind of see it in a new light. You'll be like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought. People actually are enjoying this. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is is what you're getting out of it sometimes is involved too. Because for some people, they want to draw because they want to create the picture in their head. And then I can understand why there's that frustration if you can't make on paper what you've got in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, that it doesn't matter if it's making other people happy if it's also not making you happy. Right. And I've oh I've been there. Like yeah. this I was saying earlier as well that I have quit art before mm-hmm. because I was trying to do something that I just can't do. I was right. trying for like uh you know like the high fantasy illustration like. Magic the Gathering cards, World of Warcraft kind of um, Mm -hmm. concept art. Like, I just can't draw that stuff at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is not my thing. And I tried so hard for so long to do it, and I couldn't do it. And I I just quit art for several years. Yeah. 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 
And I, that's frustrating, but... For sure. Like, it's okay to walk away and come back. It's not like yeah. a, a one-time thing. And it's also... I think there's also a lesson there in that it's okay to love and admire a certain style, but then later in life realize that that style is not the style that you can create necessarily. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and like, uh, then you've got to ask yourself, like, down to that reason for drawing it. Are you drawing because you want to create those pictures in that style? In which case, maybe what you're better off doing is is working with someone who works in that style to create something. And maybe that then that scenario is a collaboration where you're the ideas person or contributing to something in a slightly different capacity. And then you can work mm -hmm. on the stuff that you are more comfortable drawing with a lot less pressure in a sort of mm -hmm. separate capacity. But if the right. idea is to just draw a thing in whatever format you know you just want to enjoy the act of drawing mm -hmm. then it is more than okay to accept that a certain type of drawing is not your thing and that it doesn't have to be yeah i think that was a lesson i learned like when i was trying to draw anime i wanted to be an anime god and just draw the most beautiful anime looking you know akira level <laughs> you had ever seen but I just couldn't do it and it wasn't making me happy and it makes you so unhappy when you can't draw what you set out to draw as well yeah. like and then it's hard to continue progressing so like for anybody in that scenario I would encourage them to stop and ask yourself why you are trying to draw it like that mm -hmm. is it because of something that specifically requires that or do you just really like that style of art but that's, mm. you can like a style of art that you can't draw. That's fine. It's part of the process of finding your style. Like, uh, while I still love the look of anime, that was not the style that I ended up being happy drawing. I'm so happy drawing this, like, scrappy, liney, quite the opposite of anime. Anime's so clean, and those lines are so clean and beautiful. For the most part, I'm generalizing anime, but... And while I still love that, it's not what makes me happy drawing. I'm happy drawing super, just, I said it earlier, sloppy, liney, messy looking things. <laughs> I like putting splatters everywhere and just streaky lines. And that's what brings me joy drawing, um, which is very different from what brings me joy to look at. Yeah, I think that's a really valid take. Yeah. And a valid takeaway, I, I hope. Like, I hope that's of value to people, you know. I still don't think that sloppy is the word for your artwork, but... <laughs> so you were saying you had some feelings about reference pictures. Oh, yeah. I think I think people that think using reference pictures is cheating, I just think that's the stupidest take. Re using reference pictures is not cheating. You look at the world, that's how you learn. You, you look at the world and you see something mm -hmm. in you. Yeah. try to inflate it there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i just want any artist to know if they have seen an artist they admire say that using reference pictures is cheating yeah i want to tell that person right now that that is utter bullshit use all the reference pictures you need and want i mean like it's just like play the thought out it makes no sense as an argument because as you say like you see the world through your eyes that's how you see it if you're looking at the world in front of you versus looking at a picture what difference does it make right and if somebody asks you to draw something and you don't know what it looks like how could you possibly draw it 
And, right. And we don't have this perfect, like, well, no, some people do. We don't have, like, this, for the most part, perfect retentive memory of right. like a photographic memory of everything we've ever seen right yeah, I certainly do not <laughs> I, I also do not so how on earth would we be expected to just know what all this stuff looks like enough to draw it yeah unless we looked at references and yeah. some things as well you think oh well I know what a human being looks like but human beings are very complex shapes and <laughs> Drawing anything from memory is extremely difficult. No matter how much you know what a frog looks like, <laughs> just a frog from memory is actually quite different than just picturing it in your head. Yeah, unless you regularly draw frogs. That's right. the other thing. Or yeah. this is as well, like, um, so another another comic friend of mine, he does web comics and stuff, mm. um, his web comic used to feature loads and loads of medical equipment right like he had a main character who was a nurse and uh-huh. the other main character who was constantly in hospital uh-huh. and there was always like this really intricately designed medical equipment in all of the all of the artwork and somebody asked him once i guess in a, in a q a like why why do you have so much medical stuff or how does your medical stuff always look so good it's because he's a nurse <laughs> He's a trained nurse. Like he, I think he just draws full time now, but that was his job. Right. So he was literally working with this equipment every single day. So he knew exactly what it looked like. So when yeah. he was conjuring these characters, it's that whole draw what you know is the same as yes. write what you know. Um, so he played to his strengths. So when he came up with a character, he came up with a nurse character and he drew the medical equipment because he knows exactly what it looks like and it's it's something he knows he can he can draw well and it's gonna it's gonna look really shit hot and on point and it makes perfect sense you know like why wouldn't you my web comic that i was mentioning earlier at the time i was a film student so my main character was a film student and there's loads of camera gear and the camera gear is unnecessarily detailed like there'll be a picture of a car i did not drive when i first first started doodling some of that stuff and I just did not really, I wasn't looking at cars. I don't look at cars. I don't understand why people like cars. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to shit on people who do. I just, I, I lack no. that, that eye, you know, like yeah. it has four wheels and it goes broom. So I have no idea about cars. So I'd have a car that looked like absolute garbage, but I'd have like a camera that looks spot on in terms of the details right. of what it's supposed to look like because I didn't need a reference picture for that. I was trying right. to draw it without reference pictures, but it's dumb, you know, like just go, get a picture of a car just use a reference picture yeah yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong that makes me think of just what you were just saying makes me think of i remember seeing this thing online once um i don't remember who did this or what website or what but they had dozens of people draw very recognizable logos from memory so like you know what the Pepsi logo looks like. Everybody, if you see the Pepsi logo, you know exactly what that looks like. But if someone asks you to draw it from memory right now... Oh, man. It's really difficult. In so my it's, mind, it's, it's really going to look like something they like showed all, all the drawings from these people. And some people's drawing of the Pepsi logo was so off. Because just from memory, you're like, what, is it red on top? Is it blue on top? Or is it like a yin-yang? I don't know. Like, I honestly yeah. can't think of it. And they just, they did that like for like McDonald's, Nike, like all these very recognizable, lo- like the Windows logo, like what, what order do the colors in those, that Windows go? I have no idea. <laughs> it's so yes. different knowing what something looks like, but retaining those exact details. 
What a brilliant way to illustrate that point. Yeah. I think yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, some people have retentive memories. If you can draw a Pepsi logo from memory right now, <laughs> maybe you don't need reference pictures. The rest of us mere mortals. Yeah. We we want to check up on what things look like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you use a lot of reference pictures when you draw some of your sort of spoopy art? I use reference pictures 100% of the time, maybe 99% of the time. I don't know. I absolutely always use reference pictures. I, even if I have an idea in my head and I, I usually do, I usually have some idea of what I want to do. I actually can't just sit down with no idea and create something. I have to have kind of a little bit of a plan. Yeah. I still will look at a picture just to get me started at least on a pose or an angle or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that is a very good starting point. Do you just mm. Google that or do you have some go-to resources? I usually just Google, yeah. I know there are whole bucket loads of places that you can get if you're looking for like poses and things. People who've done like yeah. photo shoots with models and things. Like I've I've bought and downloaded um, packs for stuff like that before where yeah. people have um, done a photo shoot specifically to create resources for artists like that. Yeah, I think using uh, stock photos is a great place to start. Mm. I think a lot of um, artists starting out just don't know uh, what to pose, what their character or whatever. Like that, that is a big challenge for some people. And I think just go to a stock website, stock photo website, yeah, and just copy a stock pose. Yeah, I mean, like I've looked before now. Um, there are tons of art resources out there, actually, but. I've looked for like still life classes and things and been like, oh, I should take a still life class sometime. And mm-hmm. I, I think I'd still like to do that at some point. Um, but actually, a lot of the time there's that whole, for some people, it's just not very comfortable sort of thing to go to. I know a lot of people who are just like feel a bit weird about it. Sure. Especially yeah. if they're not confident in their artwork. But also you can just look at pictures of people like people have made resources for like online still life classes and you can just go find those pictures and that that is essential in the process of of learning and if you think about it as just copying all you've got to do is copy it Mm -hmm. that's no different than attending a still life class where you're just copying the person in front of you in front of you yeah exactly in conclusion just use reference photos it's fine (laughs) it's fine So, I think there's also maybe differing opinions on this. I think, again, just coming back to what you're getting out of art or what you want to get out of art. If you just want to have fun and, and enjoy the process and then have something that you're proud of, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Just do whatever you want. If you're just wanting to have fun and do something maybe it's relaxing for you or maybe it's a way of just expressing yourself just do it find the process that works for you and just do it agreed you know maybe for a commercial artist or a concept artist I don't know maybe their opinions on this might be a little different but coming from someone who just in me I just draw because I enjoy it and I want to spread a little joy or try to spread a little joy with what I draw and it's just a creative outlet for me. I'm just going to, that's my opinion on it. Just do what works for you. Find what works for you and just just do it. Just draw. We've come full circle to oh, the yeah. title of this podcast. 
I think that's probably a good place to like we could we probably should come back to this on another day because I feel like we're gonna think of more things to add to this topic of conversation of yeah of just getting on with art and growth and how to and getting stuck in this is like the tip of the iceberg really we can do a part two yes just keep drawing just keep drawing <laughs> <laughs> yes like the Dory edition okay let's wrap that up there Crystal, would you like to tell all the people listening at home where they can find your awesome shit? Oh, okay. I am at Scary Crystal, Crystal with a K, on Twitter and Instagram. Find me in one of those places. I respond more on Twitter. I I post on Instagram, but probably don't try to get a hold of me on Instagram if you're trying to for whatever reason. But Twitter, I, I try to respond to most stuff. And like, if you go and look now, you'll see Crystal's amazing, amazing wear dog pictures and things (laughs) uh, where you're turning everybody's pets into werewolves, which is just, just wonderful. It's Um, a lot of fun. I am having a ton of fun doing it. This is something I hope I, I I do want to continue doing. I'll I'll take a little break eventually, but I do, anyone that wants a werewolf drawing, I would like to just keep, keep at it. Now is the time. Like this is peak crystal brand. <laughs> Peak scary crystal. Drawing your cute dogs as vicious beasts. And somehow they're still cute, but like <laughs> in that sort of dark horror-esque kind of way. Assuming that you have found this podcast on my website, then you'll already know where that is, which is instar.com. The rest of my stuff, I am also on Twitter and Instagram, probably most of all on Twitter at Idstar and on Instagram at Vic Idstar because someone else stole Idstar before I could get there. <laughs> they don't even do much with it. I'm devastated. Uh, I have the same thing on Tumblr. Someone else has Scary Crystal on Tumblr. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to have a Tumblr then. Wait, I'm following Scary Crystal on Tumblr. That's not you. It's not me. Oh my God. <laughs> to pay that person for that name. I was like, I will give you $80 for this Tumblr name, just straight up, and they never responded. I don't even think their name is Crystal. Their name is like Chrissy or something. It's like, come on. Don't be be stealing other people's names here. You've got a brand to upkeep. Yeah. I mean, I'm also on Tumblr at Idstar and Facebook at Idstar, but I don't post on those ones so much these days. I think that probably about does it then for this conversation, but we're definitely going to come back to this topic on another day, I think, because I don't know about you, I'm definitely going to think of more things to add to it. But thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your advice for anybody in a situation of uh, struggling with either motivation to draw or pushing through the the practice phase and so on and so forth. It's been an interesting topic to dive into. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'd love to talk more about it another time. We shall. We shall. For now, I'm going to try this new sign off of Toodle Pip. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap.